0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: You guys, I want to share something that happened to me this week, and it's one of my biggest phobias. I don't know if you guys have phobias, but I want to share something with you. One of my biggest fears in the world is mice and rats. I am terrified. It's a debilitating fear. It's a phobia. It's, it's not normal. Anyway, last week, I think I spot a mouse in my kitchen. That's right. I think I spot a mouse. So I freak out. I scream. I lock myself in my room for 24 hours. No lie until the morning. I call the exterminator. I call the building. They send an exterminator and he's like, there's literally no proof of a mouse in this house. Usually mice leave evidence and there's no evidence. So he put some traps And I talked myself into thinking, okay, maybe I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Maybe it was like a bug or who knows what. My dog's ball rolled across the floor. I don't know. But for a good seven days, I felt safe. Well, the other day I'm cooking in my kitchen. Lo and behold, a mouse. That's right. An actual mouse comes out from under my stove and runs across the kitchen. Uh, No, it didn't run across the kitchen. What it did was it did cartwheels. I think it it was breakdancing. It challenged me to a squid game. It was very aggressive. It, it wasn't like hiding from me. So I screamed and screamed and of course spent the rest of the night on street easy because I'm a hundred percent moving. I don't know what to do with myself. I would rather have snakes tangled in my hair while I'm sleeping than see one mouse. I would rather have zombies begging on my door and maybe even eating my brains then see one mouse. I can't handle it. So now I'm living in a state of fear. And again, like I said, the exterminator was like there came back. There's no signs. There's no traps everywhere. There's no signs of mice. So I'm convinced that this mouse recently escaped from Cirque du Soleil and using like trapeze and a tightrope to get around my kitchen. For days, every time I'd have to go into my kitchen, I would throw about seven shoes in before I got there. I'd I'd put on boots, stomp my feet as I was walking. I pound on the refrigerator to make noise. My dog thinks that I have lost my mind. Anyway, they ended up catching it. They put a trap in the right place and ended up catching it. Do I feel safe? Of course not. It's like I'm living in Jumanji. I don't know what else is is going to come next. They might have siblings. Anyway, I don't go in my kitchen anymore, like a real New Yorker, and now I hate my apartment. And I will keep you updated, but I'm terrified. This mouse galloped in front of me with not a care in the world and gave me the finger. Bottom line is, I'll keep you apprised of where I'm moving to. Hey guys, Welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. Okay, guys, my don't hate me for the week. I thought I should do something Thanksgiving related since this is going to be released the week of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving happens to be my favorite holiday. I love it so much. I always wanted to be perfect. It always reminds me of getting together with my family, uh, my immediate family, my cousin, my aunt. I just Love it. From a young age, I would watch the parade um, every year in New York City, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And as I got older, I used to watch it outside. As I got older, I'd watch it on television. And sometimes when you're lucky enough, you have friends that overlook the parade on Central Park West. I've done that a few times. That's fun. I love the Thanksgiving Day Parade because it's never anyone that groundbreaking. But you still like want to watch. So it's always like it's never like, you know, Taylor Swift singing, but you're always going to get Nick Lachey. It's very Nick Lachey, you know, singing a holiday song type entertainment. There's always a boy band, a one hit wonder boy band. The lip syncing is always totally off. But that's part of the charm. You know, I love the balloons they've had since I was a little kid. I love You know, when it's a really windy day and they make it so dramatic. Like, is Kermit going to get down this around this corner or is he going to bang into the building? It's like the Super Bowl, but for balloons. But I love it all. As a matter of fact, when I was in high school, we used to drink 40s the night before Thanksgiving on the Upper West Side as they would blow up the balloons. And back then, nobody went to watch the balloons get blown up. so We would literally sit like on the balloons and drink our 40s. And now it's become a huge tourist attraction. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They, they set up lines and you can't go near the balloons and it's a thing. So I miss those days of Thanksgiving. But my don't hate me for Thanksgiving. And I feel really strongly about this because my favorite thing about Thanksgiving is the sides. I love stuffing. I love sweet potato pie with marshmallows on it. I mean, you name it. But... The thing I love most is canned cranberry sauce by Ocean Spray. The kind that has a shelf life of 68 years. That is my favorite kind of cranberry sauce. Don't hate me. A lot of you make these fancy cranberry, orange peel, zest, organic cranberry sauces. And I'm all about that. Any other night of the year, any other meal. But on Thanksgiving, you better serve it to me in a can in a loaf you better open that can just serve it up as a loaf cut it up into thick slices if you prefer but that is what i'm looking to see and if you invite me to your house and you have fancy cranberry sauce with no other option just know that you ruined my thanksgiving in fact when i go anywhere for thanksgiving before i get there it's the first question i ask do you have canned cranberry sauce or should I bring it? I am very trashy and I'm okay with that. Don't hate me. But that is not Thanksgiving. If you don't have cranberry sauce in a can on Thanksgiving, then you're not having Thanksgiving. You're having a holiday party that you found on Pinterest. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. Okay, guys, today's episode, I'm so excited for today's episode because as you know, pranks, social experiments, hidden camera is really what launched my career. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast and didn't know that, you could find them on YouTube, on my channel, Jenna Kingsley. I also put a lot of them on IGTV. I should turn them into reels. I am proud to say the views are in the millions. So check them out. If you haven't, I think you'll really enjoy them. Pranking people is a huge life passion of mine. And I today have a guest on who I think is one of the kings of hidden cameras and pranks. So I think you guys are going to love it. He's whip smart. He's so interesting. And you're going to learn everything you ever wanted to know about hidden camera and prank shows. And I don't know. We have a really good time. I live for Kevin. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Guys, 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 I am ecstatic today. I have one of my favorite people on today. His name is Kevin Healy. He is an executive producer and creator of some of the greatest prank shows that you have watched. We are talking Scare Tactics, Spy TV, Carbonaro Effect, Fameless... And the list goes on and on. Kevin Healy, welcome to Social Studies.
0: Well, thanks, Jenna. Uh, it's about time we did this, right?
1: I know. I've been dying to have you on. I've been dying to do an episode on pranks and social experiments. Guys, you should know. So Kevin works for Propagate. Um, he is a, he does the comedy division. They are a company I've worked closely with. Kevin and I actually kind of sold a show based on my pranks that never (laughs) got made because the network uh, closed. But working with him was such an honor because he is the king of head and camera as far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you. People have been asking me why I don't, why I'm not shooting videos right now. And Mm. Kevin and I were talking about this before we started recording. But it's a really hard time to mess with people. Would you say that's true?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a tough time. I think, you know, we're still doing it, but we're doing Mm -hmm. it in ways that I think we're inviting people in and they're having a great time. I think that the time for what I would call target pranks, which we did very much uh, during the Scare Tactics days. Yeah. Where I was certainly younger and took a lot more chances and that show was pretty insane and crazy. I don't see doing that again. I don't think I would go out and do a show where... "Quote unquote," unsuspecting people are being set up in these very big, elaborate schemes right now because it's just an uncomfortable time that we're. Yeah,
1: it's a fragile time. People don't know what to expect from minute to minute. So the last thing I could do is put a velvet rope somewhere and tell them (laughs) they can't come in because they're not on the list. Exactly. Um, Okay, let's talk for a second about uh, scare
0: tactics. We were the first "quote unquote" reality show on sci-fi. Um, and at that time, Shannon Doherty was our first host. I and remember yeah. so well. Yeah, that was, a, that was amazing. I think we premiered in 03, 04. And at that time, mm. it, it was huge. We were so excited to have, you know, done something that crazy and that wild. And, um, yeah, it led to... Almost eleven years of doing that show.
1: For people who don't know, can you just tell us what high concept of scare tactics is?
0: Yeah, no, no worries. So setting up your best friend and one of the, and basically putting them into a horror or sci-fi scenario without them knowing. So you know you're gonna, your friend is gonna meet Bigfoot. You know your friend is going to be in a UFO you know situation they're going to meet yeah. an alien they're going to meet a vampire or a werewolf
1: or they'll go so, for like a babysitting job and yes. get terrorized i
0: mean that show in in and of itself it is and was a parody of all the great quirky weird dumb funny and sometimes awesome horror and sci-fi movies I watched as a kid yeah and I think that the entire crew and the staff and the people that worked and wrote on it along with me ended up embracing that and so whenever you watch something from it it was inspired by something we loved yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and having been a huge weird out Yankovic fan as a little kid um, and actually got to work with weird out which was oh one of wow what'd you
1: work with him on
0: I wrote a movie with him for the Disney Channel um, called there's no going home and that was a dream of a lifetime. But um, but parody, parody, parody was like such a huge influence on my childhood and uh, teenage years. And so that was sort of the, the the impetus behind that was parodying some of the greatest sci-fi and horror scenes, uh, putting one person in the starring role without them knowing.
1: And you also had spy TV. So that
0: was NBC. We were NBC. Paired with um. Back in the day, uh, Fear Factor was our our partner show. I knew nothing. I had just started in TV. And somehow, this is a true story, I was working on a pilot for ZH1. I was walking down the hallway. And about 6 months prior, I had worked at another company where Mike Fleiss, the legendary creator of The Bachelor, had worked. And Mike and I ended up really getting along. And he always said, hey, we should do something, you know, when you, you know, and I certainly saw him as a mentor. He was a highly experienced and brilliant guy. And then he saw me walking down the hall and he pulled me into his office because we were in this big outdoor office complex. And he said, hey, I'm doing a prank show for NBC. (laughs) And that turned out to be, you know, my experience on, uh, on spy TV, which was this, you know, for its time, probably the first primetime, you know, prank show that did, it did incredibly well. And it, and it helped me learn what hidden camera was all about. I knew nothing about it until then.
1: It's such an unbelievable thing. I mean, I always loved when growing up, I loved candid camera. Like I loved watching people prank people. I remember Mm. Ellen did a segment on her show where she would like, be in the, the ear of people oh, yeah. that worked in, in restaurants or whatever. And there's something about messing with people. I think my father was very much like that. Yeah. Um, I just took such pleasure out of it. And from a young age, you know, I, I did improv at UCB and all that, but sure. from a young age, I loved messing with people. Like <laughs> I got such a joy, you know, I was joking recently, like, One of my earliest memories of messing with people is to get free taxi rides home from school. We'd hop in the, the taxi and I would make up these elaborate. Stories and kind of mess with the driver. Right, so we'd end right, right. up getting free free rides. Oh, and yeah. also I remember being in camp and they'd take us out of camp like on a trip. And of sure. course I could never behave myself. They'd take us to the mall and my friends would dare me to do these death by. So they'd do like <sighs> death by, you're walking by that rack <laughs> and it <laughs> attacks you and you die. And so well, I funny. would go around the mall doing this and this is, was just kind of, I was a weirdo. This is what I did for fun.
0: And I, <laughs> well,
1: got, no. such a, I got such we a kick been, out of it. We could have been best friends in high we, school. We could have been best friends. So what I was going to ask you is, yeah. did you mess with people a lot oh, growing God. up?
0: Oh, God. Yeah. So I grew up in Boston. You know, for a while, we lived kind of near what we would call back in those days, the projects, you know, some and, and I went to a Catholic school as a young kid. And my one of my best friends and I used to always have to. Sprint through the projects to avoid getting, you know, beat up because we were wearing our Catholic school uniforms. (laughs) But in those projects, there was um, someone had had been firing off a shotgun. Right. And it was made the news like mystery gunshots coming from whatever. So I had the bright idea on a Friday night when my best friend's parents were out to invite one of our other childhood friends over we set up an entire scenario where a third one of our friends had already, we already had fake blood, the whole thing. So this kid, Peter, who had a little bit of a soft heart, he came over. And we triggered the sound effects of the fake shotgun. We had my another friend of ours, Kenny, run out of the basement covered in fake blood. We have my friend David, uh, you know, running around the house going, I I see him. I see him. And Peter ran out of the house and he um, forgot to open the screen door and blasted the screen door off its hinges. And we didn't find him for a day. And we had to explain that to my my best friend's parents. Um, that we had ruined their front door and why. And I was like, well, that worked.
1: See, and it was before the days of the cell phone camera. You would have been a big tech talker, maybe.
0: Man, you know, it's so, so true. All, all we were able to do was really record things on audio. And yeah. eventually we got the big clunky cameras that we could use. Yeah, it was a whole different time.
1: Speaking of audio, the Jerky Boys. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. So were they... The love of my life at one point, Kevin, I, my dad, I'll never forget. I played him the tape probably. I'm guessing it was a tape. Maybe it was a CD. We were in the car and my dad had to pull over. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> and yeah. I remember thinking, I that's what I want to do. I want to be a jerky boy, but a jerky girl. I want to, yeah. I want to do that. And so it's kind of always been a dream for me. It's funny. I was telling someone the other day, when I was doing stand-up and, and all this stuff, I used to write for magazines and newspapers and I kept right. pitching these ideas. I wanted to do these social experiments and write about them. And they're like, no one would ever like that. And right, I was right. like, no, they would, they would. And so when I got to record my first one, uh, it was such a thrill. And people often ask me like, how do you, keep a straight face when Mm. you're doing this.
0: Right.
1: And my answer is I must be insane because (laughs) (laughs) I go into the character that I believe that I am. And that's it. Like, I don't even feel awkward about it. Do you, at this point, now that you're executive producing and, and creating, do you ever get in front of the camera? Do you ever do it?
0: A little tiny bit, but it's usually sometimes edited out um, of the actual piece. Like the, the show that we just did our second season of called Prank Encounters, which we do for Netflix, which mm-hmm. with Gatton Matarazzo, who's uh-huh. from Stranger Things and probably one of the most kindest, most brilliant you know, actors and 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 hosts I've ever had the pleasure of working with, like truly a gift.
1: I love him. Um, so I love hearing that because I'm a huge Stranger Things yeah, fan. Yeah, he's,
0: he's everything you would hope for and more. Um, but um, so talented too. I mean, the kid is a Broadway star and also a great actor in the whole thing. He can sing, he can dance, he can do the whole thing. That's amazing. But, um, on that show, we're bringing two people together who don't know that they're about to meet halfway through our prank who've never met. And it was always my dream. Could we figure out a way to put people into a scenario? So it feels like we're watching an actual horror or sci fi movie, because in those movies, there's always that person or a couple of people that go, we shouldn't go back in that house." always. Right.
1: And no or, one listens. Right?
0: And so and no one listens. So it's like my thought was, oh, that's our show is that we should make our unsuspecting people, our marks, as you know, that we call them, Yeah, we should put them in the role of the stars of this, this movie. And I, I call it a collision format. Like you and I all of a sudden collide in this scenario and we have to work with each other to figure out what is going on around us. And all of our other actors are the dummies, the idiots, the people that don't know how to use the phone who don't want to call the police and you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, we had a few situations in that show where we had what we call runners, you know, where people run and leave the scene. And you I actually had to get knee, knee surgery because I chased one kid down during a bit where one of our actors turned into a human spider. And uh, I chased the kid a uh, half a mile and convinced him to go back into the house. Um, because At that point, when
1: him. you're convincing him, are you <laughs> saying it's fake? Or what are you saying no, when you catch the runner?
0: Never reveal unless you have to reveal, right? Like, I, I, he ran, I caught him, and I go, you can't leave. They need you. And he was such a good kid. And, like, <laughs> I think he goes, okay. No, Wait a any- <laughs> second. I just want to stop
1: for a second. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Only because we really have to discuss this. Sure. You're shooting a show. Yes. Someone in the house right. Turns in is turning into a human spider.
0: Right. Okay. Right. So this is Prank Encounters, yes. Okay, this
1: is Prank Encounters on Netflix he's talking about. A guy who's there in the house who is not in on the joke no. runs away, which by the way is exactly what you Normal. should do the chances of someone getting me to go back into a house yes where someone is turning into a spider
0: yeah. is zero
1: percent how did you do it what did you, you say know,
0: i think that when people are in and you've seen it probably in, in some of the things you've done they're not, not they don't see the things that you, you would see when you're in a, 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 a less of a heightened state. right? Because you know, in this case, he was hired uh, on his first day to work with an exterminator. So he was there to help figure out what was going on in the house. Our other (laughs) Mark was there working for this millionaire at the mansion, helping him with his duties. And he started to tell her about he got stung by something in South America. So little by little, he's transforming into much like Jeff Goldblum and the fly. I'm dead. he's, He's right. Okay. So this young man realized that, you know, he was such a good soul that he didn't want to leave his new boss all by himself in the house. And so for whatever reason, this idiot who ran out of the back of a rider truck and ran down the driveway of this mansion and just said to him, you have to go inside. They need you. And he went, OK, <laughs> I can't explain it. He just did. You know, so
1: I need to watch that episode. I could still see all of these on Netflix. Yeah, right? I'll it's can. called
0: the uh, Spider Mansion. And Spider I think Mansion, it's, uh, Frank Encounters. Season two.
1: Hosted by Gan Matarazzo. I want to go back to something yeah. you said uh you said when people are in these social experiments like just yeah. now you said they they are not looking at it from the same lens mm-hmm. i always say one of the things because people are like how did people get on that line at starbucks or mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. did people believe you and delete the pictures on their phone when you were wearing basically a clown <laughs> right. like my costume right. as a cop was definitely not a cop costume <laughs> right. It was like right. a park ranger makeshift costume I say that my theory on it, and then I want to hear yours because you're sure. a real pro people don't, when they're walking down the street or, or doing a job or they don't want to veer from their right. regular day, right? Like they just want to continue. And if I found that if you look them in the eye and you just act like it's totally normal and this is just part of it,
0: yes. right?
1: They are able to just, Tune into you and not the bigger picture. So what is it that you think goes on with people when you are doing these pranks on them? How are you able to get them to go so far into these pranks that they would return to a scene (laughs) of a horror movie, basically?
0: Right. Well, it's funny. I can give you, I think, answers with examples. But for the most part, I think when you talk about men on the street pieces, which we've done those, I think that, you know, you're right. People just want to be in their lane and in their mode. And then I used to always call it like, give me a a clipboard and a a badge and you can get away. You know, you can tell someone that you're towing their car. Until they provide a urine sample and they will do it, you know, because you get a clipboard and a badge. Totally. Um, but I think on these bigger ones where we're like really pushing for like what I would call three levels, like we always call it, we want three escalating levels in order to make these things work, slightly different than those like fun ones on men on the street, which I love doing, but like we, at that point, we have to do a lot of like what I'll call seeding in the early stages where I'm giving you little bits of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So you show up and at the very beginning, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, kind of, kind of cool. But then a little bit later, you realize that the person maybe that you came to work with isn't as smart as you. Right. And so now you're five minutes into this new opportunity and you're like, "Well, this guy's a dummy. I better kind of step in.
1: Right, you know, right.
0: And then next thing you know, we're giving you a little bit of a moral challenge or little, little nuggets, right? So by the time we've set the fire, you feel like you're the one with the fire extinguisher. And so you have more responsibility and scene. So true, by the way. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's, it's like, and, and, if, and if anything, it points out to what we were talking about earlier. It's like where, where I am today is I'm trying to find the hero, I think, in our unsuspecting people as opposed to the buffoon. Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. really as interested in saying, well, we made that person look dumb. You know, I'm more interested in saying, see, he's the best of us. Like this kid that ran into the back of the house, you know? Yeah. 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 And, um, And and to me, that's fascinating. But my most fun example of what you're talking about, about someone being in the zone was we did a series for NBC, I think around 2008, 2009, called How We Do It with Howie Mandel. Uh, ran for two seasons. I had a blast and he's a legend. And again, one of the greatest people you'll ever work with. And we did a bit, where we were shooting an infomercial about a hair product, I believe called man. Gosh, I can't remember what it was called, but the idea was that you, you use this special shampoo and it will help you maintain your hair for years and years and it'll never fall out. Right. Okay or it makes it look the best ever. And so I what, think I uh,
1: saw this episode, by the way.
0: <laughs> so what we didn't tell our gentleman that we hired to be our spokesmodel was that his fellow spokesmodel was already bald. And was <laughs> I wearing a saw lip. this
1: one. Okay. I saw this one. But go so, on, because so like yeah.
0: the listeners didn't. So the shampoo has an unfortunate side effect that are then <laughs> people in lab coats go, oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> So our, our actor is pulling his hair out, right. And he's, and he's going bald. Meanwhile, our real guy who loves his hair, as you would hope and expect goes, get this out of my hair. This is a, a night disaster. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he, he starts, I want to talk to people like this is a problem. And so finally, Howie comes out from behind the scenes and pulls off his, his awful wig and his really, really terrible glasses and goes, it's me, Howie Mandel, you're on my prank show. And the guy goes, you're not Howie Mandel. and Howie goes, I'm not. And the guy goes, right. And the guy goes, no, you're, I know Howie Mandel. You're not Howie Mandel. Oh, you know, Howie. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's
1: amazing. I don't think I remember that part, but that's hilarious.
0: It's one of, I would say over the course of my 15, 16, 17 years now doing this, that I, I think there's one of those, maybe three of those per season, where you're like, are they not going to understand that? Expl- right. And you even reveal and go, no, it's all a prank. And they go, no, it's not. That's and,
1: so good. You know what I mean? And I think
0: that's the, that's the fun of it uh, is, is that's in a weird way. Like people call all of our shows fake. I'm sure they tell you all the time like that couldn't have been real. Oh yeah. It, it, in a weird way. I, I take that as the biggest compliment. because. Totally. Why in the world would I waste my time? And go and set up all these twenty-six cameras, and have explosions and monsters to just hire an actor who gives a way better performance than any other any actor could. Like we are sitting behind the scenes, and I'm sure when you're performing in your bits, we're high-fiving each other and getting so excited when it works.
1: It's amazing when it works, right?
0: And the euphoria is nothing that you can replace in any other type of entertainment, with the exception of maybe stand-up or improv. Yeah. But like when we pull off a hugely successful bet, I don't usually fall asleep for two days because the adrenaline is so high and, and the feeling is so great. It's like, why in the world will we waste our time faking it? And yeah. these moments really kind of solidify the, the fun and the reason why I love doing it.
1: Have you ever... And have your actors ever broken while you're shooting? Have they ever started laughing? Have you lost it, you know, in a, in a situation where you could possibly be hurt, not like behind the scenes or whatever. How often does that happen? Oof.
0: Not that often, but it's memorable. Yeah. It's memorable. Yeah. Um, and I think the the example where both happened is I'm a really, really great, um, uh, actor and friend of mine, Dave Stores, And Dave mm-hmm. is someone that I've been fortunate enough to work with starting in the days of scare tactics, all the way up to prank encounters. But he was one of the great actors on uh, the show we did with David Spade for true TV called famous, my favorite, um, which I love because I, I, I always wanted to create a show where we didn't hide any cameras, mm-hmm. the cameras were out in the open. And as you know, people think fame is so easy right yep. and so that mm-hmm. was the premise it was like let's see how you do in a situation where we give you the starring role of a show and the show goes to hell yeah uh we'll see how, how how much you enjoy your 15 minutes and how will you handle it but we did a bit with um where Dave played the producer of a tattoo show uh and we had um Kat Von D my my, my actor buddy Dave Stores was playing a producer of what our unsuspecting Mark thought was an actual tattoo show where he was going to get to meet the legendary Kat Von D, mm-hmm. tell him his dream first tattoo was he thought it was called Virgin Inc and that it was going to be your first tattoo. And so he went into <laughs> Kat Von D's shop in Hollywood and he told her he wanted to have this, um, you know, sort of like zombie vampire kind of cool tattoo on his back shoulder. And she went on. And this is another thing where it's like, you can almost get away with anything mm-hmm. Jenna in kitten camera. So cat says, I'm going to hit you with a numbing cream because it's your first tattoo. You'll feel pressure, but you shouldn't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. It's complete BS. Right. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. Right. But she put like I don't know Vaseline on his shoulder, and and she goes, I just gotta give it like 90 seconds to set. Right. And then she used the tat a tattoo like and she had done a stencil of the art he wanted, and placed it on his shoulder, and then went over it with this, you know, it's buzzing, but there's yeah, no yeah. needle in it, yeah, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, she's like, I'm just doing touch-ups, and so she finished the tattoo. And she goes, we just got to let it, you know, heal and dry and blah, blah, blah. So then he was, he thought he sat for 45 minutes and we were going to do the big reveal. I was going to
1: say you had to sit for a long time. It takes a long time to do a tattoo like that.
0: But we had got him in a mode where like, cause he had never gotten a tattoo and that was <laughs> right, the
1: key.
0: Anyone who had gotten a tattoo would have called BS on us right out of the gate. So as far as he knew 15, 20 minutes after his tattoo, it was going to get revealed. But since we had him put it on his back, he had to hold up a mirror to a mirror. Right. And so Dave comes out and he says, "Okay, now before we reveal the tattoo, I've got to tell you that the show you thought you were on is not called Virgin Inc. It's called Revenging. And the kid goes, what? And we go, we're going to bring out we're going to bring out a young woman from your past right now. And so this other (laughs) terrific actor, Nikki, comes out and she goes, remember me from college? And the kid goes, I swear to God, I don't. Think I remember you. And she goes, Well, my sister and you dated her and you were mean and you did this. And the kid goes, I honestly don't remember. I mean, I drank a lot in college. I don't remember this. Oh
1: my. And then God. Nikki
0: goes and calls the kid by the wrong name. And she goes, He goes, No, that's not my name. So then Dave goes, Oh no, are you not Carlos? And the kid <laughs> goes, No, I'm not. And he goes, Oh, I think we might have made a. Oh, my God. Oh,
1: my God. It's so good. So he's like, can I see the tattoo?
0: He goes, yeah, I suppose we got to show it to you. You know, too good. Right. So then we reveal the tattoo to him. And this is where Dave rightfully so lost his. Can I swear on your Yeah, please curse away? Lost his shit. And in the control room, we also lost our shit. So there was a famous meme (laughs) on the Internet, which was essentially a. (laughs) Male genitalia with a smiley face on it.
1: Oh, and that was that tattoo.
0: Uh huh. Stop so he, it. So he had a giant, as he put it, "Why is there, <laughs> why are they? Why is there a dick and balls on my shoulder?" And Dave <gasps> was like trying to keep a straight face to go look. <laughs> Cat is a great artist. She can work with that. We can turn it into something. And the kid, rightfully so, lost his shit and and wanted the thing taken off. And it took a little while. That like Dave kept breaking and laughing. But then the kid would go, "Why are you laughing? This is serious." I, so it ended up working. I love it. But I'm laughing so hard in Dave's ear. I'm no help. Like I couldn't even calm myself of down. Anyway, so that is I love is that. On the internet. Oh my God,
1: I love that. I ha- I'm going to have to... Look. You're, send that to me. Send that to me. It's I want to see internet. that. I'll,
0: I'll send it to you. Yeah, it still survives up there in the, ethernet, in the, in the internet.
1: It's kind of funny. I, I've never broken except one time. I broke one time and it was over quarantine. I mm. sent this video to Kevin. Unfortunately, I can't post it anywhere because I don't have permission because it sure. was for a private event. But I was called in to prank a Zoom benefit committee Mm. and for a school actually it was for a school and um it was on zoom and the funny i broke i I broke and saved myself because everyone all the parents are on this zoom there's about like 20 people right one of the moms was yelling at me because she didn't like what i had to say about planning a zoom of a zoom gala during covid yeah she was yelling at me but what i What broke me was here we are at three o'clock in the afternoon shooting this and she is in her bed under the covers on Zoom with no regard like the principal is on the and so she's the only one getting angry at me oh and she's God. like I speak for everyone and I'm like <laughs> she's oh by the way she's wearing her coat in bed she was just like and I was laughing not that she was yelling at you, but I was like no. this woman is on this parent meeting yeah. in bed like she didn't even bother to sit up against the headboard like she was just like under the covers laying down and I, st- I, I started for the first time ever in the history of pranking someone. Yeah. I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> and then I laughed and I said to her, I was like, it, it does seem kind of ridiculous, right? Like I played dumb, like, a, you know, yeah, what I was saying yeah. seemed ridiculous, but it, it's hard when you break. I'm so bummed. I can't believe we're out of time already, but oh, no I, one quick question sure, that I know all my listeners are going to want to know. Uh, you worked with Betty White.
0: I did. Yeah. That was another one of those like dream scenarios. Um, and tell show, us the show. Yeah. So the show was called off their rockers. It was mm-hmm. for NBC premise being you know we take senior citizens for granted right we, we yeah. think that they maybe they don't get stuff they don't understand tech and maybe they're not as smart as whatever well i think betty weiss sort of the living breathing proof that that's not true and she was the ultimate host and so it was a troop of incredibly funny senior citizens pranking the youth of america uh and betty was the host and i'll tell you quickly that on the first day that I got to work with her and I was reading through the um, wraparounds, you know, that's the intros and outros of all the bits that I had written for her that she was like, I only want you to read these with me. I, I truly am. Like, she was just like, she made me feel like the most special person in the world. Uh... And then end of the first day, I immediately knew why she was this huge star as she is is that she went around at the end of the shoot and thanked everybody and remembered all their names.
1: I love that. Ugh, don't like, you guys love hearing that right? about Betty White? Cause we all love Betty White so much. Amazing. So to hear that she's as awesome in person just makes me so happy. Kevin, before I let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you want to tell the listeners to watch, do, follow, anything? Now is your time.
0: I will do that. Highly recommend. Go check out Prank Encounters on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then there's a new show that we're launching on Netflix that, strangely enough, is not a prank show, but because we do sort of big, outrageous, and comedic things, we have a new show called Baking Impossible that comes out in early October on Netflix, where it's a baker and an engineer team up to create bakes that are massive and also serve an engineering purpose. Like for example, we have actual drivable cars that are 90% edible that have to survive a 35 mile an hour crash. Um, they're Whoa. really, really cool. Yeah. And, and, and the builds get bigger and bigger and bigger as the season moves along. Um, and it's tremendous. It's such an incredible.
1: Okay. Everyone Taking check impossible. that out. Check yeah. that out. Anything else?
0: Oh gosh. Um, I think for now that's it. That's it. Yeah, you guys are, those are, those watch anything
1: biggies. that Kevin has ever made. He's brilliant. And I honestly feel so honored that I, ever got to work with him and i hope we Aww. get to work together again at some point Me too. kevin Me too. thank you so much for being here i really cool. enjoyed it and i know everyone these are questions everyone wants to know about prank shows Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week, and I will speak to you